Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How will the new inheritance tax rules affect your family finances? Parents appear to have been working overtime at the bank of mum and dad, now one of the UK's biggest mortgage lenders. But will there be tears before bedtime? And do you have a financial plan? We reveal how UK listeners can get a session with a financial planner next week worth up to £500 for absolutely nothing. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, and I'll be giving you this week's news in downloadable form. There is no tax like inheritance tax for arousing strong emotions. Paid after fewer than 1 in 25 deaths, surveys suggest it's the only tax that much of the population seriously believes should be abolished. The tax, which raises nearly £5 billion a year, was once described as a voluntary levy paid by those who distrust their heirs more than they dislike the inland revenue. But that is not true for people whose wealth is tied up in their home, and the government has recently changed the rules to reflect this. Joining me to discuss is Vanessa Holder, the FT journalist and tax specialist who's written this weekend's FT Money Cover feature on the topic. Welcome, Vanessa. So the government's made the IHT rules more generous, but how is it going to work in practice? Well, this all goes back to David Cameron's promise in 2015 to revive that £1 million threshold for inheritance tax. It was quite an old promise. And now they're doing this by raising the IHT threshold specifically for homeowners. So in this tax year, they've introduced an extra allowance worth £100,000. And that's ultimately going to rise to £175,000. And for a couple, that translates into an extra tax saving of as much as 140000 So, and But that can only be on the family home that's passed down to their heirs. Yes, this is a complex policy and there are a lot of restrictions. And... Uh, The house needs to be left to a descendant, although the good news is that the allowance can still be used, even in cases where somebody has downsized. And uh, direct descendants is more than just your children or grandchildren. It also includes stepchildren, adopted and foster children, and their spousal civil partners. But it doesn't include nephews, nieces and siblings. And this policy could mean a lot of people end up redrafting their wills. Very interesting. Now, lots of listeners in London and the South East may well have properties that are worth much more than that million pound ultimate limit. How will the rules be applied to them? The way it works is that if your house is worth more than a million, you will get the maximum benefit from this new allowance. So if you look at it um, in three years time, homeowners will get an additional allowance of 
up to 175,000. That's on top of a standard IHT allowance of 325,000. So if you're a couple, you can add that all up and you'll be able to pass a million pound property to your children without attracting IHT. Now, obviously, if your home is worth more than a million, you will be paying some IHT on that. Where it gets complicated is if your estate is worth more than two million pounds. George Osborne, the former chancellor, when he introduced this policy, he promised that IHT would be the tax paid only by the rich. Mm. And he tried to take this uh, new tax break away from people with estates more than two million. And um, it's going to be tapered away, and that means that estates worth more than 2.7 million will not benefit at all from it. They won't get anything. Now, we've talked about how the new rules won't help everybody. Siblings will lose out, although I'm glad to hear stepchildren will be included. Are there any other groups who should be aware of the new rules? These rules are generally just very complicated. So I think anybody who thinks that they might Um, want to ensure their estate takes full advantage of it probably should get some advice on it in general as ever with IHT the people who are most risk of uh, losing out are people who live together and don't uh, get married or have a civil partnership so as in all things um, you know getting married is often you know it's not very romantic but it's um, often recommended by tax planners well Maybe you'll get a proposal saying we should get wed, darling, because the tax man says it's a good idea. Thanks very much there to the FT's Vanessa Holder. You can read her full article with case studies on how the new tax will work on ft.com slash money from Friday or in the money section of the FT Weekend newspaper this Saturday. Plus, FT Money is holding the second of its investment forums on the topic of inheritance tax and passing on your wealth to the next generation. Vanessa Holder, who you've just heard, will be on the panel, and so will FT columnist Merrin Somerset-Webb, and I'll be chairing the event, which is sponsored by Seven Investment Management. To be held in London on the evening of Monday the 19th of June, tickets cost £30 and are available to purchase now on ft.com slash ihtevent. Full terms and conditions are on our website. Parents listening to the podcast, do you belong to BOMAD? It's possible you might be without even knowing it. BOMAD is, of course, an acronym for the Bank of Mum and Dad, parents who lend their adult children money in order to buy a property. And according to News This Week, parents are on course to dole out £6.5 billion to their property-buying offspring this year. Joining me to discuss is FT Money's Deputy Editor and Property Expert, James Pickford. Welcome, James. So can you give listeners a sense of the scale of lending from family or loved ones to fund property purchases? Well, I think you've uh, you mentioned it there, six and a half billion uh, this year, according to Legal and General, which um, I should say surveyed a thousand adults in order to, to get some conclusions on the amount of lending that was going on, lending or gifting, I should say. And that is up from five billion last year. So that's a 30 percent rise. And LNG says that this means that family or friends funding accounts for 26%, over a quarter of all property transactions in the UK. And that figure is much higher for first-time buyers who traditionally struggle more than any other section of the buying market to, to get onto the ladder and be about 48% for them. So not only has the proportion arisen, but the amount that they give as well. So people on average give about £21,000, uh, and that's up from seventeen last year. 
and millennials are often the you know the source or the target for that sort of funding. Seventy nine percent of the BOMAD funding goes to people under the age of thirty. Now, I mean, BOMAD is a snappy acronym, but giving your children financial help to buy property is nothing new. That's right. And what the authors of the re- report say, and I think that people would have a lot of sympathy with this, is that actually the difference is that previous generations weren't facing such high house prices. We've seen house prices, broadly speaking, rise over the past 20 years. They didn't have, the first time buyer in his early 20s wouldn't have a student loan in previous generations. Uh, rents weren't so high, so they were, they were able to save more money for a deposit. And in some cases, we're going, going back a bit now, but uh, people would have had a final salary pension that would have been quite generous, whereas now they have to put more money if they want to, mm. if they want to save for a pension. And obviously things like stamp duty were much lower in, in, in the old days. But too. on the other hand, mortgage interest rates are at all-time lows. Doesn't that help the first-time buyer? It is funny, isn't it? The sort of disjunction between, you know, you see these incredible low rates. 0.89 was a two-year mortgage by Yorkshire Building Society last week was launched just incredibly cheap mortgages but the problem is that the amount you have to save for a deposit has gone up because of house prices so it's still out of reach and and ever more out of reach for first-time buyers on average salaries and the distinction between the multiple of this your salary compared to you know what you'd have to get a deposit has been growing and growing for 20 years and the ninth biggest mortgage lender is what effectively legal and general have worked out BOMAD is with the volumes of money being given yes, away that's Yorkshire again yes yeah, Yorkshire building <laughs> but are there any issues about whether money is given or loaned by the bank of mum and dad money is either given or loaned so it's not acting as a traditional bank It's not taking deposit and requiring things. But what you do need to remember, if you as a parent give this money and demand regular repayments back, is that any mortgage lender who go to to, add to your borrowing on top of that, they will take that into account when deciding how much to loan to you. So as a parent, if you say, I were giving this money, but I need it all back and you need monthly payments, that will reduce the amount of um, borrowing you can make from another lender. Very interesting. Well, thanks very much there to James Pickford. You can read the full story online now at ft.com slash money. And if you've got some thoughts about being a member or a recipient of BOMAD, the bank of mum and dad, drop us a line, money at ft.com. The best things in life are free, so the saying goes, and this is especially true next week for UK listeners who can access up to £500 worth of professional financial planning for nothing as part of Financial Planning Week, which starts on the 8th of May. Over 40 firms will be offering free one-hour financial planning sessions to new customers with no obligation to sign up as a full client at the end. So should you give it a try? Joining me now in the studio is Jacqueline Lockie, a certified financial planner and deputy head of financial planning at the Chartered Institute for Securities and Investment, which has organised next week's programme of events. Welcome, Jackie. First off, tell us how financial planning differs from financial advice. That's quite interesting, actually. I think traditionally most people think that financial advice is all about being sold products, Mm. buying a product to fit a specific need. So it may be a mortgage or life assurance to cover a mortgage or something like that. But financial planning is much more long term and it's focusing on the future of that individual, looking at their aspirations and then creating a roadmap, a financial roadmap, to get them where they want to be in life. And we have to remember that we only have one life, so we need to think about not just paying the bills in front of us, but where we really want to be in our financial futures. And how much money do you need to be earning to consider 
the services of a financial planner? Is it something just for rich people? Absolutely not for rich people. And I would argue, actually, that for those of us who wouldn't class ourselves as rich, but far from it, um, many of us have student debts or have other debts, mortgages, uh, credit card debts. So many of us are maxed out on our credit cards, aren't we? That we need to have some sort of guidance So in the short term, how to pay off these debts, but also in the long term, how to plan to get the best out of life. So you don't need to be wealthy to be able to pay the fees, especially if you take advantage of Financial Planning Week and you can get this advice for free. And most financial planners charge by the hour rather than having a retainer of so much per year or a percentage of assets under management, which is traditionally the REIT for many investment managers. Yes, that's correct. And the thing about that is that if once you have your plan, so you've set out your long and short term objectives, what you really want to achieve out of life, then you don't necessarily have to keep going back to the planner, particularly if you have a a clear map of things that you have to do in order to get to achieve your objectives. So perhaps in the early stages, if you sought advice during Financial Planning Week next week, and then get yourself a financial plan so you can clearly see where you want to go. And for readers who are considering signing up to this, to get the most out of the free one-hour session, what issues should they consider before the appointment happens? Well, there are a few things to consider. There are short-term things and long-term things. So in the short term, do yourself a basic budget know yourself before you go into one of these meetings how much is coming in by way of income and how much you're spending and many of us will spend uh, regularly on subscriptions we don't see the benefit of them quite often or you forget just how much you're spending on a monthly basis so add up all those sorts of bits and bobs as well as the usual things bills and food and things like that running the car and things like that so you can get a feel for how much money that you have left after all your expenses are paid. Then there are long-term things to think about. So if I said to you, for example, where would you imagine yourself in 10 years' time? Now, some of us might have a bit of a chuckle and say, "Okay, well, on a beach in Barbados or something like that. But realistically, where would you want to be? Think about that. Think about, you know, there are lots of people out there in the country who have really great ideas to start their own businesses or develop other things, you know, in their family lives um, to or change occupation completely. And financial planning can help you put that roadmap of that plan in place to get where you want to go. Yeah, some scary questions. Well, hopefully I'll still be editing FT Money in 10 years' time, but you never know. Maybe I'll be writing murder mysteries instead. And finally, what can FT Money Show listeners do if they want to find one of those firms who are offering free appointments next week and sign up? Absolutely. It's free to do. So if you go on to the CISI website, so it's cisi.org forward slash FP week. And on there, there there is plenty of information about what Financial Planning Week is and you can sign up for surgeries. Now, as far as the surgeries go, remember that you can go and see a planner face to face if you wish. But don't be put off if you don't have a planner in your particular part of the country, um, because it's very easy to do those first initial meetings over Skype or the telephone. So don't be put off and sign up and get your roadmap.
Well, thanks very much there to Jacqueline Lockie of the CISI. I'll be seeing a financial planner myself, in fact, later on this afternoon and writing my column about it in FT Money this weekend, so look out for that too. That's all from us this week. If you've got a story you'd like the FT Money team to follow up or a question to pose to our team of financial experts, get in touch. Email us money at ft.com, tweet us at ftmoney, or comment on our articles online at ft.com money. We'll be back next Thursday at the usual time. Goodbye. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.